Hello and welcome to the debug log number 68. Today we're going to talk about a really important subject that can be far-reaching even into just your life in general. It's about how to pitch your game. And when we say pitch, usually you think about pitching to publishers or investors or somebody you are directly asking for money. But actually, as a game developer, you're pitching to people all the time. Whenever you talk about your game to somebody, you're pitching it, whether that be to... Uh, potential collaborators, whether that be to the press, hopefully you're talking to the press all the time, Um, and all sorts of people. You're pitching it all the time, and so really thinking about the message you're sending to those groups of people, who you're sending it to, right, and then the confidence and clarity by which you're delivering it is very important. So today we're going to talk about all of that stuff. We share our own experience about pitching to various groups of people over the course of our careers, and then also we scoured the internet and found some really great presentations and the articles uh, really conveying the experience of doing this in the game industry, specifically towards like AAA publishers or platform holders. So we distill that into the course of this episode too. Great stuff, lots of good info here, and hopefully you'll find something of value to you. So without further ado, this is the Debug Log, episode 68. All right. By the way, Eduardo, I don't think you're egotistical. That was just a joke. Oh, <laughs> I, like, hear it I wasn't listening to you. So oh, you didn't, oh, you didn't hear that? Okay. <laughs> your opinion means nothing like, to me. Yeah, your opinion means <laughs> nothing to me. Piece of shit. <laughs> well, then I take it back. You are egotistical. Piss on you. <laughs> don't worry, my man. I don't take any of this personally. Oh no, I I don't. I am not a serious man. That is for sure. Yeah, no, I know. I know you like me. I love them. That's what Ryan's motto. I am my T-shirt. I am not a serious man. Listening to the Debug Log, a podcast about game development. My name's Andrew Curry. My name's Zach Schneider. I'm Ryan Kilgore. And I'm Eduardo Castillo Fernandez. And thank you very much for um, tuning in. And before we start the podcast, um, I want to thank uh, Mike Briggs for supporting the Debug Log on Patreon uh, and to all of uh, other contributors. Thank you very much, guys, for making this possible. So go ahead, Andrew. Yes. All right. We're back. Obina is on vacation or vacay, as he likes to say. (laughs) (laughs) So he's listening, hopefully. Tonight, we're going to talk about how to pitch your game. This topic came because Adora and I were talking about this in general and how a lot of people, especially any devs who aren't used to, I guess talking to people, that sounds harsh, but it's just, you know, getting out there and really selling themselves, right? That's really the key. It's not about social skills a lot of times. It's also about having the confidence to sell yourself and sell what you're working on Um, and how that's a problem because the number one thing, and that's what we'll get into, pitching isn't just about when you traditionally hear that, you're thinking about, oh, I'm pitching to a publisher. I'm a big deal and I'm in a company. No, pitching your game is something that Ryan and I were talking about before the show. It's something you do all the time. You pitch it to the person who asks you, walks up at a, like a conference and asks you, what is that? Or you pitch it to people you want to work on your team. You pitch it to people that are hopefully covering you in the press. So you're going to be pitching nonstop all the time, and especially, you know, you're pitching game design ideas during the whole process. So pitching is something, it's just a skill to get better at. And tonight we're going to talk about basically the, the structure of what makes a good pitch, how you prepare for it, 
things to think about while you're giving the pitch and then some stuff to think about after you've given a pitch in a more formal situation. Um, all right, so let's start off with what is a pitch? This is a weird tradition now where just like we shoot off questions to somebody. Who wants to answer what is a pitch? Not by reading Sorry, the outline. <laughs> uh, Not reading you see, the they outline. always go to me because they're like, oh, is he paying attention? Um, so I guess a, a, a pitch is where you are sharing your idea with somebody, um, uh, proposing your your game to them. Um, I guess expressing expressing the value of your game to them. So w- what the game will give them, either monetary value or um, I guess enjoyment uh, due to features and things like that. That's good. Yeah, That's good. I mean, I, I kind of see it too. Is like trying to you know trying to I guess convince someone of interest or maybe even like fishing for interest, that type of thing, you know, the value being sort of the, maybe even the information exchange of like, Hey, can I pitch this to this person? And like, are they on board with it? Will they like it? Or do they have feedback for it? Or, you know, like you said, convincing others, maybe, you know, somebody who's going to develop with me, convincing them it's a cool project or, you know, uh, or a thing they want to work on. So it's, it's not, you know, it's obviously not just about the monetary or like anything like that. It's definitely just sort of pitching interest as I feel like it. Yeah. And that- one thing one thing that I like about pitching is that um it can you don't even have to have the game uh started. It could do it could be just uh, the idea because Andrew does this a lot um <laughs> for me. Like I'm I'm like, Oh Andrew have this amazing idea and he's like, Okay, pitch the idea of your game to me and then I start talking and I'm like, Uh oh, yeah, that's a bad idea or it's going to fail for this way. I'm like, Yeah, forget about it. Or, or when it's really good and I'm like, yeah, it has this, this and that and it's really good for this and it's going to be a total success. I'm, I will be a billionaire. And it's like, okay. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, it's really that, good yeah, for that's you a, that's have a, an idea. Yeah, Go that's ahead. a good point you make. That's a good point you make because it's not just talking about your game or going and discussing it and just in a random way. The idea of what a pitch is, it really is a structured um, you know, delivery in the most efficient way of what your game's about, who you're trying to tell it to, and what you want to get out of that conversation, right? And it's a very structured format. And now you guys also both said value, and that's really what it is. Um, it's a value proposition. We Before, when I was preparing for this episode, I wrote down a bunch of notes of my experiences as pitching stuff in general, but then not to publishers. We have, full disclosure, we haven't pitched stuff to major AAA publishers before. But we have pitched stuff to project leads to and you know to partners to research partners that's what we do in our job we pitch stuff to just people we want to work on a project with um and then i also found also great some great uh resources on the internet i'll put the links to the, some great articles especially one rami and Misha, is ismail right from um, vlambeer Vla- i can't do anything like from vlambeer right vlambeer whatever his name is vlambeer he, he has a awesome gdc talk <laughs> That's a tongue twister. Did I say his name and the name of the company? He, he has an awesome GDC talk from, it's like GDC Europe, Euro 2014. And it's about pitching your game. So we, we, we got a lot of their advice in here and we mixed it all up. But he starts off that talk talking about value proposition. Because no matter what it is, even if you're selling, you know, apples and bananas, you're, you're promising some kind of value to the person you're pitching, whether it's a press person, whether it's a, you know, the person you're going to have collaborate with you on the game, or whether it's somebody you want to give you investment money so you can work in your game. Um, so basically, that's the, that's the idea of pitching. And I, I kind of come defined a few common problems and you guys can add to this. And when, in thinking about just in, 
not just people that work for a company, but just an indie, a typical indie developer, people like us that are making games. You want to bootstrap a game on your own and thinking about pitching your game. I, I had, I came up with three C's and we can add more of these. They don't have to start with C, <laughs> but I, the first one I had is context of what, you, of what and why you're pitching it. Cause a lot of people just like, I want to talk to the press because the press will get me attention to get my game attention. So, like, well, what, what do you, what, what are you trying to do there? You know, or, or are we trying to make money off this? Or are you just trying to get these people? It's pretty obvious, but I, context is a problem that people don't know what problem they're solving when they go into a pitch. Um, clarity is something that we'll get into, you know, how to structure your pitch. Cause a lot of time, like, like, uh, Dorota said, it can just be a mess of ideas if you're not prepared for it. And then also one of the biggest ones, and we'll get into this later too, is confidence in yourself, but also in your game and your idea and what you're trying to get across. Um, do you guys know any other, can you think of any other common problems that people have when pitching? Well, I think those three are, are very important. And um, I would like to highlight uh, confidence in yourself because uh, even though you can have a really awesome game, if you don't have like your, the confidence to talk about it uh, in a way that like reaches the um, the person, the publisher or the press or whatever, uh, you might just lose a, a great opportunity. And your game is still good. It was just you that didn't perform well. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of like the, I definitely like the one about context and what and why you're pitching because, I mean, I, I can just see a lot of the times people sometimes just pitching to the wrong audience or during the, in the wrong context or wrong venue, you know, whether it be like, you know, I've got this slick VR idea and it's like, well, we're a mobile game company. We really right. don't, you know, it's like, it's like that doesn't really fit. Or, you know, or like, Hey, you're at some sort of charity event. And it's like, you start pitching your game. It's like, well, this is really about the kids. This isn't really about you like, right. in your game right now. So, but yeah, definitely knowing your audience and when and where to do it is another sort of skill and art form i mean you you want to like kind of bounce ideas off of everyone i'm not saying you know pull back and only do it necessarily where you think it's right but definitely if you're really trying to like get somebody into it you know make make sure they're probably the audience you want to reach as well so oh that reminds me of tori <laughs> oh i mean when um before i started in game development i was working in a consulting company and uh, i i really wanted to make games um, i i was um like working with Unity in my spare time and on weekends and all that, and I uh, asked—I remember—I asked the owner of the company. He was uh, working in the company as well, like any other uh, employee. And I was like, "Why don't we make games? Like we only make enterprise <laughs> applications. Like, dude, games are really good. Like, and we're going to make a bunch of money." It's like, no, <laughs> we're not going to make games. <laughs> Forget about yeah, it. See, you, yeah, you can pitch all day to that guy, and he's just like, "No, we make like." you know, full stack solutions for database and peer, like business to business, you know, whatever. Exactly. And it's actually, like, we're and not going to start making the next quake or something like that. Exactly. Now that we're talking about this, I'm like, damn, like it doesn't go with the brand of the company. Like it doesn't have anything to do with them. Well, and then that even said, just aside, like the guys that the Campo Santo made Firewatch, they got a lot of backing from that panic software company. You know, the people that make that transmit, they make a bunch of iOS, like, FTP mm. and web dev kind of stuff. And I'm sure that came because they know people or the management, the ownership there. And they're like, oh, we like games. And they can kind of, so you never know. But yeah, it's about knowing your audience. It's not about knowing the people, even though they might do that, that person might be in the game. So, but yeah. Uh, 
I think another common, well, it's not so much a common problem, but people see it as a problem. Like, but not having the complete vision of, of what your your product is, your game is going to be. So having just that 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 good core feature, but maybe not knowing, uh, having everything flushed out as much. Like, you don't necessarily have to have all that flushed out. You can, uh, I mean, depending on who you're pitching to, they might be able to help you out with that. So. Yeah, if it's an investor or publisher, I would suggest you really have the idea of well, what's going to be and the monetization strategy. And a lot of no. the times they'll they'll actually come in and, and they'll they'll put their own spin on that as well. But I'm talking more of like on a on a smaller scale. So maybe gotcha. you're you're pitching to to partners or um, pitching to uh, a another programmer who might be joining or an artist who might be joining your team. Gotcha. No, I'm, I'm emphasizing that one because I've been watching Shark Tank a lot, so I get this episode. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> I'm an expert now. <laughs> and one right, problem... Well, get... Come on, man. Let me go finish ahead. the idea. One problem <laughs> that many people have is uh, that they go to to the show with in a very early stage of the uh, of the business, and one thing that the investor says is like, yeah, you you still don't have anything figured out. I cannot do it for you. So, yeah, I think that's one of the, well, this is slightly off topic, but that's one of the things that they really look at on Shark Tank is your business plan. So if you don't have a business plan drawn out and a, and a model for your business, then most of the time they won't even talk to you. That's perfect. That's Shark Tank. Perfect segue into our next section, which will answer some of these questions. We'll get into the advice part of this. It's the first, we're going to go through like preparing your pitch delivering it and after the pitch like i said so let's talk about what would solve some of those problems and it's preparing the pitch and um in rami's talk he talked uh he had this idea of asking yourself three questions at the beginning of who what and why and it starts off with who and like you said ryan it's like who am i as first of all am i who do i who am i as a company where you know what is my standing what is my reputation but more importantly who am i pitching it to Meaning, are you doing it to the press? Is it to a publisher that cares or an investor that doesn't care? What is the context of that situation? And what, like, like you said, like in Shark Tank, I mean, that, that, that plays into that a lot of times where people get in there and they have a great idea, but a lot of those people, you hear this, this happens in every episode. They're like, this is great. I love what you're doing. I, lo- I don't have any experience with this and I can't give any money. Like, you know what I mean? I can't right. help you. Uh-huh. It's like, I can't give you any, yeah, you can't further it for them. It's like, th- that sounds neat, but, you know, I deal in sprockets, you got widgets, you know, oh, uh, you know. <laughs> right. And that goes into, especially if you're talking about the game industry, because there's so many different types of companies and game companies, game publishers and stuff. It goes to the idea of, like, when you're preparing at this stage, this is all about you're getting the pitch ready. Who am I giving it to? Because I put the example of Adult Swim versus like Scholastic, you know, which makes like educational <laughs> games and stuff. Like, <laughs> that's a different tone pitch. You know, you might have different materials. You might have more obscene ones if you're going to get to Adult Swim and going to right, show them something. Yeah. And it's a big deal. You can't go in with that same. We, you know, it, it's it's just weird. And sometimes it's hard to know how businessy and formal some publishers might be. You know, because it is the game industry, and so it's kind of weird that way. But do your research in that end of, of who you're pitching to, especially with games, not only the tone of it, but also what are their games they have? You know what I mean? What does your game fit into their lineup? If you're 
publishing the same way if you're talking to a programmer or an artist. What right. kind of stuff do they do and what kind of stuff are they interested in? Am I, I mean, wasting my time by talking to them about this? You know? Yeah, honestly, it, you can almost like kind of equate it to a job interview. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. you're going there and there's got to be an understanding of like what you want to do, what the person on the other side of the table is looking for, how you present and interact with, you know, is it the producer, the like you said, Andrew, the producer, the engineer, is it, you know, Adult Swip or IBM, you know, and it's like there's just going to be different ways of handling both those situations so and it's also a good point with press too like make sure you don't spam press because press i think is all about relationships and building relationships with people and and it's hard to do that and once you start doing that that's when it's you know a lot of times you see people with successful developers they're friendly with those press guys like oh, i know you know they know them by name and they see them at conferences and stuff but don't spam your ios game to like a a PC gaming site or something, or don't get send Touch Arcade your Xbox game, right? Just because mm-hmm. it's in this mass press releasing, they don't care, and they're going to get annoyed by that. And so make sure you're catering to whoever the pre, you know the actual who you're pitching to what you want out of it. All right, um, so who's important? A lot of this stuff, it, this is always it's good to structure stuff. It feels obvious, but unless you go through these steps and really put out the problem and think about it, you might just get lost and be kind of left behind. Because this is when you're preparing it. And you might have different pitches. The next step is what are you pitching? That's the next question. And that and that sounds kind of <laughs> – but this is, this is the core of your pitch. What are you doing? Um, and this goes into – it can tie into the who question too because it also – this is where your tone will be. This is whether you're going to talk about how you want the game to feel. This is whether you talk about the puzzle aspects of your game, where you talk about the technical aspects of your game to certain publishers. You know, People might react differently to that. Um, and, and the idea too, is like a lot of people say, don't be, it's redundant, but also don't be cliche. Be, be careful of that kind of thing. You know, or he was like, it's a groundbreaking, excellent vision of, it's like, okay, okay, let's, <laughs> how about you just tell me what it is and I'll <laughs> decide that, you know, because yeah. it, and, and, and while, I don't know, sometimes it, different and this is the, in a formal body pitch, we'll get into this. This is a good debate. A lot of time for an elevator pitch, which we'll get into in a second, is a good place to do quick, like a mashup idea. It's like it's like Super Mario with guns. Sometimes in your bigger pitch, it's more, it's better to test, not good, give those similarities. It's better to tell like what is your game doing to stand out? What is your vision of it? You know, and how it is it stands alone in this market or wherever whoever trying to give it to. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's sort of like a, a regional. Yeah. Yeah, it's like pull it, pull them in, and then show them how it sits. It sits apart. It's like it's comfortable because it's like this, but it's differential because and will be separated from the pack because of this. Right, and th- and that's the thing too with the when you're in the in the meat of this, of what is your game pitch? Um, it, it can you can think back to that value proposition idea because it, it's the idea of like. What? How does this fit into the narrative of whoever I'm pitching it to? Like, if it's a press story, we've talked about this before, Eduardo. Press wants to have a story about it. If it's just some game, okay, right? But if you had some crazy stories, like I dropped out of school and I did this and I put up my car and I, you know I lived in my car for I don't I'm not saying you to manufacture a story like that, but it, but you can be strategic <laughs> about how you like oh this is an interesting kind of story of how this game evolved or whatever I got this idea from this or, yeah I, or how you get the idea was like right. Yeah. And if you present them with a story that they can just take and go, great, awesome. That's an angle they have. Mm-hmm. They're always looking for an angle. That's the same way if you're, you see an awesome artist or awesome somebody like you're convincing doesn't want to work in games, but 
you're like, you have awesome artwork. This is just think about what this could be. It could change, you know, whenever you're pitching somebody, you're trying to get into an angle of you're, you're destructuring the what of it, it to be something that's appealing to them. Right. Yeah, one um, thing that I want to uh, emphasize here in what are, what are you pitching is that it doesn't matter if your game is uh, like very similar to another one. If it is in a brand new platform, it could make a difference. Like maybe you're making... Uh, Hangman. Hangman, perfect. <laughs> but you're making, it, you're making it for VR. Nobody has done a Hangman for VR. So sounds gruesome, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, I'm there and he's being hung. <laughs> so yeah, things like that. Yeah, that's that's true. Like, what is it? It's like, yeah, how does this stand out? How is this important to you? You know, how could this be of value to you? Um, and the last question after who and what is why? And this is the this is where you bring down the hammer and the pitch, right? Because this is, like I said, you're starting to form that angle and the, the content of it, but this is where they really sell it home and the idea that what value proposition are the people getting out of this? You know, if it's an investor, it's like, you will make this amount of money because I've already told you why it will stand out. And because of that, it'll make you this money. I've already told you my story. So because of that, you have a great angle and you will get readers out of this thing, right? Um, go ahead. Somebody else say <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, no, no. I was going to say that, um, in my opinion, I prefer to start with why, so I can connect with the other person that I'm talking to. Uh, this, this, is, this isn't this isn't a linear version of these aren't in any order. This is just as you're oh, thinking okay. about when you okay, just, okay. this isn't an order of you giving it to them. This is just you at least being able to answer the these elements, two questions. The yeah, yeah. Okay. So just so I mean. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, because those could come in any order. I mean, you, know, you may almost decide to address them when the context context makes mo- the most sense. You know, you don't just want to like run down a list and like, blah, and like yell it at them. <laughs> They're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> more of a natural thing. Yeah. And it's, and it's also, yeah, this is more about just least getting, it's, 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 because this comes in the time when you're about, you haven't written your pitch yet. So these are just kind of saying, you know, who, who am I doing this to? What is the pitch kind of going to consist of tonally? And what, you know, what am I going to highlight? And then why am I doing this? Like, why are they getting, why do I want this money? Why do I want this partnership? Because I need help finishing or I need money to finish or I need press or, or I need some kind of attention. And why do they, why should they give a shit? <laughs> you need to be able to answer those questions in your head while you, before you start writing it out and start kind of planning it. Um, all right. So that being said, if you want to get past that idea, also this came from that Rami talk. He talks about the structure of a game pitch. And I think this is really invaluable because if you're really worried about, like you said, <laughs> about like having an unstructured mess of ideas and stuff, if you can put it in this format and it still doesn't hold water, then you're like, all right, this is not a great idea. Maybe I can move on. Um, but the structure of the game pitch, and it's made up of three sections that they put it in this. It's the lead, the body, and the call to action. And I love this because the lead is basically your elevator pitch. The lead is that one sentence thing like it's Mario with guns or, you know, whatever that is that you can tell somebody real quickly. It's the first sentence of a bigger pitch. Right? It's like a, a comparison and the unique feature of your game. Right. It's something. Yeah, it's supposed to grab and it doesn't have to be a mashup of that. It, that doesn't right. have to be the case. It could be it's like, 
you know, I mean, massive. You could say it's a puzzle game with these things. You're not saying a specific game, or it's like an adventure thing where you. But it's got to be an elevator. They call it elevator pitch because it's like how you're on the elevator. Somebody have like 20 seconds to tell somebody really quickly what your game's about. Yeah, or just what I mean. It's an entrepreneurial term where they say, you know, you you see Warren Buffett on the elevator, like, quick, Mister Buffett, (laughs) I have this idea. You know, give me another rock button. He's like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um. So that that's a great thing to hone, and that can be one of the hardest things to really get down. You know, that's I mean, we had that problem, guys, when we went to conferences and talked about where we work and other things. (laughs) Where they go, Mm -hmm. what what do you do? Like, okay, hold on. Well, it's about, and it can be hard because I mean. If you if it's a complicated thing or the more original the idea is, sometimes it's hard to um, it might be impossible to fully describe really shortly, but maybe it doesn't fully describe it. Maybe just somehow it brings people in, you know, gets them intrigued or something. Maybe it's a question. Maybe it's something like that. But that you know, something really quick, get them into it, and then get them into the body, the next part of the structure, which is where you're going to get a little bit deeper, kind of explain. And this also isn't really super detailed. You're not going to get into – this is a problem I see a lot of times. People – I guess we talk to a lot of programmers that have game ideas. They're trying to pitch their ideas, and they start getting into really <laughs> details about how the power-ups and stuff works. Like, I don't – hold on. What is this whole thing, though? I don't even know what you're talking about right now. You know, I think that happened at anyway. United 2016, didn't it? Like, we talked to a bunch of developers and as a press, and uh, they got really in detail – I think there was one that had like the um, invisible players or something like that, and they started explaining how it works and all that. I don't know if we asked asked them or they just started telling us. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Oh, because they they know those things and they'll start going. And I mean, you have all these features and stuff in your head, and you want to get into that, but out of context, it's like I don't care, dude. You know, that's like <laughs> it's like oh, wait, not that I don't care, but I don't know what this is. Because even though, yeah. like, it, the elevator pitch is a lead into it, but this has to be a nice story, too, a narrative that's like, oh, it's about this, and this. okay, and you could do this, oh, cool, and you could do this, and a bunch of other features it's not worth getting into right now. You know what I mean? You need to get hit with your core pillars of, you know, we talked about in our scoping and design episodes about you need two or three or four pillars of what's good about your game, right, and why you're excited about it. Maybe those are the things you should talk about and not worry about all the other features, right? Right, and that's why they have drinks at those conferences to make it a little easier. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> to make the suffering a little less. They're just like, well, okay, I'm done. I'm done. And also, this is this is the this is the area of the of the pitch where you should be prepared and preparing for this and writing it. You need to prepare to answer questions. So this might not be a part of your pitch that you're saying it, but if they're asked specific questions about your product, you know, this, this is the shark tank part of this, you know, the second part of that where they cross examine them. And so, and that's where they get killed. That's where they do live or die. Cause everybody has a pretty decent pitch or it's kind of interesting or funny or something, but they get, whether they get funded or not depends on whether they know their budget, whether they know the product, whether they know their competition, like where they fit in the market of that, you know, if you're pitching to investors and maybe what your schedule is, they ask every, every one of those questions, not in a game sense, but in a product sense of shark tank. And if they don't know it, they just kill them. I mean, that's the sharks. They eat them up right away. <laughs> yum, 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 yum. And then it's a good idea, to, too, to talk about in that idea. It might be – I don't know if you want to do it yet because it might be, whoa, 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 take it easy. But just to have in your back pocket in your body also future ideas, you know. Like this is where you could expand it in a year. We could have these maps and do this other stuff if it – you know, if they're interested. Yeah, a lot of this is listening to people. We'll get into that and delivering the pitch part. But a lot of it's good to have a little bit of like modular, you know, features or modular parts of this body, just in case people are really interested. You know, 
maybe that person had three drinks and was really interested in this. <laughs> and you're like, okay, well, sure. If you want to know that too, I can go into that as well. No, or maybe they, they are not engaged with what you presented, but then you say, well, if you really think about it, like this could expand to this, this and that. True. And that's true. you could get them at the point because true. They, they realize that this has potential. Yeah. It's all about being fluid and like improving stuff. Um, and so the third part of the structure after the lead in the body is the call to action. And this is the big important thing because you want to leave them with something they should do or check out. You know, don't go. And we even do this in the street. We talked about this in doing the podcast and other things. You don't leave people with like, oh, go check out my Patreon. Or go, but also check out, if you go to our, our product page, you'll see the game. But you also look at this review and it's like, no, 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 no hold on, stop. <laughs> It's like, give me one thing to do. It's like, give me a card with your website on it, and I'll go check that out, right? Or I'll go read this one article of a really great write-up, and that's the thing I'll go do. Like, you want to give them something that's what they're thinking as they go away, you know? A clear message, basically. So that's a pretty good – I mean, it seems simple, too, lead body call to action, but I think that's a good way to remind yourself as you're structuring this and get, don't get overwhelmed, you know? I think you could get overwhelmed. It's like, pitch me your ideas. Like, <gasps> what? <laughs> and so <laughs> – that's generally good, uh, good, you know, good concepts of that. Um, also, as you're preparing it, the idea usually of all the articles I read and I'm, our past experience, mostly they all say that um, be as visual as possible. Like again, at a, con- at a conference, it's hard to do that. You maybe pull out your phone or something. But a lot of times, pitches, the more visual things you can show, the better. So, and then one of the, those articles that you guys can read, it ranked the level of materials you could bring. They like number one is an interactive gameplay prototype. If you have that, oh yeah, that's the best thing because you don't have to explain it. You don't have to. It's this is it. This is it right here. And if it's amazing or has a really cool mechanic, you can get people excited because they're you know you'd be you'd be surprised at the people's not lack of vision, but just. That she's like, we've worked in a bit. We've worked after working this field around so long and pitching ideas to people and talking about ideas. And when we get to final product, they're like, I thought it was going to be like people. <laughs> you, as much as you can explain something, unless they see it, they don't understand it. Yeah. <laughs> so if you have an exam gameplay example, that's the best way because they can see it. Um, after that, you know, a video would be nice of gameplay actually happening, you know. Um, after that, actually going back to that, you know, right. talking about that, that gameplay prototype, and th- you know, I'd almost say think about that kind of like you were mentioning with the earlier steps with the lead body call to action. Well, more like I guess the lead is like find like one level or one thing that just showcases what you're trying to get across really right. well. Like, don't put the whole game on there. Don't say like play start and listen to tutorial and storyline for like you know ten or twenty minutes because people are gonna be like. I don't have time for this. You know, I don't need to learn how, like, everything up front. You know, just find something that sort of showcases the main idea and just let them have a quick playthrough of that for, like, maybe a few minutes. And then, because that'll also get more people through there, too. So, sort of like yeah, better throughput, better ideas. Yeah. Yeah. And if you can have the graphics, too, just add them. Even for that little part, add them because people like to see pretty stuff. So. Well, that's yeah. Another that's, thing. Yeah. Because it, Oh, sorry, Andrew. It's because you can um, you can actually like polish that one thing too. So if it's like that one level, and it's a, it's a multiplayer game, and you guys only fight on this stage with these characters, you can get the idea of what the gameplay is about, and then you can really polish that one area to kind of give it a bit more wow factor. Yeah, 
Yeah, and that's a bit like what's like a vertical slice is what I guess you call it, right? Yeah, it's, <laughs> some it's kind of a vertical slice, yeah. right? And but then also there's a good point in that too, saying because a lot of times you don't want to do the very beginning where there would be tutorials and then like a lead up. So right. if, you're, if you're presenting them a vertical slice as a demo, make sure there's kind of an intuitive way to get into the controls and tutorialize the control the you know the mechanics and stuff just because there's some of, the worst thing you could do in a demo is stand over the shoulder and be explaining things to people. Right, he's going no. So, so go over there. Oh yeah, grab yeah. that until he's like, no, no, that's that's not how yeah. we experience games, and that's a really annoying because you could do that. I just did this thing for the person, you, but they're not experiencing the game at that point. They're just you know QAing it or something that you know. Actually, you know, it's funny that we mentioned like the, the the worst thing you could do. The worst thing I you could do is I heard on in the movie uh, indie indie dev or indie game, and it's actually trying to like debug something like at a conference. <laughs> oh, like, changing your code base oh, yeah. on Whereas the PC fly like that, shutting down. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not recommended. If it's not breaking it horribly, don't touch that shit. <laughs> don't. That's touch right. It. He, he, that's what it. it did. What is it? It's because it's the uh, Phil Fish, the guy who did a uh, Fez. It was, that. Yeah, it was Fez. He said they did a build. They did an update to the to the stable build the night before and then it just kept crashing that day i yep. felt so it's a nightmare because he had the and it's so funny because in that thing he's like it's not just he turned they're locked up so he has to get the keys unlock the cabinet take the oh, PC right. out and yeah and do all that that's horrible horrible what, what so, would you guys do say that. to what would yeah. you guys say to somebody who has like only that get that gameplay demo would you recommend doing some of those other things like the the interactive video and things like that I think all this stuff can help. I mean, if you have a pitch, I mean, I think, I mean, having a nice little beginner video always might help, you know, if you're, especially if you want to just have a start off with something, a sizzle reel, some mm-hmm. of that stuff, or be able to show. A lot of times I might help to always have that anyways. And then the gameplay prototype is like, oh, you really want to try this? Like, th- th- we're talking about two different things sometimes. A lot of times there's pitches that are just impromptu pitches, you know, the mm-hmm. conference and some of the, and, and that's part of this. You need to be ready to do that. To anybody that walks up a press guy, like you need to be ready to go talk to him for 30 minutes about your game, show him it, do all that stuff. But then there's also, if it's a more formal pitch, I would have as much stuff as I could, you know what I mean? Like a little video and um, then you get into it, you explain it, give an overview. Then it's all right, now it's time for you to play, you know, because that's what the publishers do at E3 and all these conferences. There's the show floor, but they had private appointments all day long with people and they bring the people in the room. The guy explains it, <laughs> you know, they talk about, it, they might show a little sizzle reel and then they get to play it. Either they play it or they watch a, a controlled demo. Like the guy plays it and they watch it, <laughs> which is kind right. of the guy that's practiced the playthrough. You know, the things you see <laughs> yeah. at all those E3 conferences. Yeah. Well, well, those, I think, I think those are all pretty, we're probably getting off into the left field a little bit, but I think a lot of those E3 ones are completely bogus nowadays. Like they've got a controller, but even then it's like the, it's still like just a video running half the time or scripted. Well, or yeah, like the, that. well the big conference, a I lot think of they really are playing when they go to the room though, because they can tell if they're, you know what I mean? They're, because if, they, if it what breaks in the room really momentarily, they don't care. They're like, okay, well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, that will be. But, like, you know, on the big stage where they're like, here's EA's catalog for the next, you know, you know, or they may, like, bring out some somebody with a controller who's got a mic on. And like, and here's what you what can do. What game did like, they do? They actually did that with, Unchar- with Uncharted this year. Do you remember that? Uncharted 4 last year? Oh, one of those yeah, years, I like, think so, yeah. But supposedly they switched to another demo running. And the guy... I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I was like, sure, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> whatever. It's all, it's all smoke and mirrors at, at E3, so. <laughs> right. 
Right. And, but anyways, yeah, yeah. Like I would have that. It, it's kind of like, you don't want to overwhelm people like in a formal pitch with a bunch of stuff, but I think you can have a bunch of things and show them. And even if like a lot of times I know publishers, they have press lead sheets or whatever. Right. Where they have like a one page or breakdown of, it's not like a press release. Like this is what mm-hmm. this game's about. These are the features, blah, blah, blah. So that, that's a good, um, and the last part of preparing for your pitch is practice it. You know, if you're somebody that's nervous and gets kind of flustered in social situations or situations where there's pressure on you to be formal about something or really kind of sell yourself, practice, practice for your pets, practice, practice also to time limits too. Cause you like, this is a five minute pitch of this. I can give to people at conference. This is a 30 minute kind of, I pitch of this. Um, that being said, practice it, but make sure you practice it where you can actually be natural about it. <laughs> you don't want to sound like you're reciting things. No, because not only that, because uh, if even if you know it like in by heart, and if you forget a word that day because you're nervous or something, you need to know how to react and what other uh, like segues you can use or something. Uh, So it's really good always to to practice, Uh, like with an outline. Or like without anything to see like what you do, what you think at that moment. Because that's probably the same thing that you're going to uh, think about when you messed up. Like like learn to yeah. improvise. Yeah, exactly. Actually, well, now that's not, not that. Well, yeah, sure. True. But improvise Actually, within one, parameters, I guess. Well, I, I say, think. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I would say like one piece of advice I would have too is. Don't get too like worried or bound up or tripped up over like little mistakes you b- might make during a pitch because these people don't know what you're pitching. Remember that. So if you think, oh god, I left that out or that's not quite right, it's like, well, they don't know that, and it's not. Like, I'm not saying lie or anything like that, but like, don't get so tripped up over maybe leaving something out or constantly backpedaling. I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. But first, I need to tell you this. Oh, but wait, wait, wait. Then now I need to tell you this. It's like. You know, have a clear line of thought if you leave something out or maybe miss something slightly. Just keep going. Just, you know, stay on track because, again, they don't know what they're supposed to be hearing. So they're not That's like true. they're That's going, oh, that guy, he just missed that. I know he missed that because he can't do that or else he'd already know what you're pitching and you really don't need to pitch it to him anymore, I guess. <laughs> and that that's more what I meant by, by improvising, being able to, to, you know, flow between, I guess, one uh, one idea to the next. So. Yeah, it's a combination of the two things. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like be able to do that and then don't let yourself be distracted by what you perceive as a small mistake or, you know. That goes perfectly into the next section, which is delivering the pitch. <laughs> uh, and I'll, the big crux of this section is the idea that that's what I have in here but is exactly that. So after you practice it, practicing is just more to get a structure in your head that you can fall back on if you forgot something. That's all just for technical thing. And what you're talking about, Zach, is – in the delivering the pitch, I have it listed here as learn how to properly bullshit. <laughs> um, it's a skill. What I mean, yeah. No, I mean, it's true. And that's – it's. I don't want to say that sounds, it sounds incriminating if I say that's all you podcast and stuff too. But I'm just saying that – and it's not necessarily bullshit. Bullshit's a strong term and it's not about lying. It's about – after being in so many like, you know, talking to people about ideas and being on – you know, doing so much client work and client meetings that we have all the time, you get an idea of you're not lying to people and you're not leaving stuff out, but you're just, you know how to guide expectations with them, right? And you know how to say things. And like, if you get to like, oh, well, a problem, make a joke about it. You know, if the thing crashes, there's a bug there. 
you know how to like just it's about smoothing out a conversation and keeping it going you know keeping the narrative what you're trying to say going um, filling the gaps yeah and not going yeah. oh, hold on i needed to say this but too oh and it's like no no worry yeah. about it just keep, keep going keep the herd calm yeah like right. you said if there's a if there's a crash or something like, oh god oh uh, hold on uh, let me let me restart this up uh, yeah, oh i hope we don't hit that other boat yeah just again keep calm keep the herd calm because if 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 you're happy and kind of smoothed out most likely they'll follow that vibe exactly you have to show confidence again so Right, and that's what that's how I put that in here too. Project confidence. I'm not even saying be confident. I, I'm just saying project confidence because I almost think sometimes you know fake it before you make it thing. If you if you try to just be that person who is confident in the situation, that kind of helps, and the confidence will come. I feel like you know that you have experience, the confidence just happens. Um, you never just feel I feel confident now. I'm going to do it. It happens after experience. But like you said, the, one of the big things is don't be afraid because like what you said, Ryan, because if you're like that and they have no, there's the cats are, they have no point of, uh, <laughs> there's no point of you doing the pitch. You might as well leave because either, because they right. talk about it in Rami's talks, like either, either you think your game's bad. You don't believe in your pitch. You don't know how to pitch. Those are the three things they might think. If you're not, yeah. if you're just too afraid to do it, then it's like, there's no point to do it. <laughs> so you need, so, I mean, that's easier said than done. But I think a lot of ways you could get around that is go into that, go fall back on why, the reason why we asked ourselves those questions at the beginning, why, who, and what, or whatever, is because fall back on that when you're really preparing and trying to psych yourself up and like be not, ner- try to not be nervous is because you want to go, why am I doing this? <laughs> you know, why am I selling? I want to sell my game. This, I need to do it to do this. Do I want to do this? Yes. I want to be a developer. Then I need to go do this. <laughs> Sometimes you get a point in life where you get, maybe as you get to be, an, as you get older as an adult, you're like, you just stop caring. He's <laughs> like, I didn't need to go oh, do yeah. this. I might, it doesn't mean those butterflies go away. Cause it's, but the way you fight them, it's just go, this is stupid. I need to go do this. I want to do this. This is ridiculous. You know? Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you. Like, I mean, I've, I've been experiencing that more and more the older I get, whether it be like, work responsibility or like maybe you're, you're deciding to like transition jobs and the interviews scare you. You get to a point though where you, you just got to remember like, yeah, I've done this. You know, I know why I'm doing this. I'm confident in my goals and what I want to accomplish with this. And then, you know, like Andrew said, there's, there's always the butterflies because you're being maybe put under, a, you know, a microscope or your product's being put under a microscope or you're waiting to hear feedback. But at the same time, you know, you just got to remember you're doing this because you want to do it. And, you know, it's, it's all a, it's all about you. I mean, you're trying to convince somebody else, but still, like, just try to smooth it out with, like, this is you. Don't worry about it. It's, you're not, you know, it's not like you're a farce or anything like that. Yeah, and, and a lot of the, the one, one of the big lessons I've learned and what has helped me with these things is that the more in a professional uh, environment you're in meetings or you're like, have, you know, you have contacts with people like, as a being, you know, getting paid to do stuff or just being in a professional kind of formal environment, the more you start to realize that everybody's just, uh, they're all just people. You know what I mean? It doesn't oh, matter if you're the head of Phil Spencer, the head of Xbox or whoever. He still likes to laugh. He still probably laughs at the internet. You know, you can still make jokes. You can still do things there. Or you can still talk. You know, everybody reacts the same way. It's, I mean, again, there's different audiences. But if you can talk to a room full of developers or talk to your friends about the game you want to do, there's no reason. I mean, it's in your head and the reason you're putting a block in your head. But that those people that are successful are the same thing. They want you to do well. They don't want this to be sucky. It's awkward. When you want somebody to come in for a job interview, you do not want it to go badly. 
Right. You want yeah. you want them to be awesome and funny and engaging and make you laugh and like show you cool stuff. And like, awesome, man. Awesome. Great. So we'll talk to you later. You know, that's what you want. Nobody wants you to fail. That's what you have to remind yourself of. They want an opportunity and they want to make money or work on something cool. So they're they're kind of rooting for you, even though you don't feel like that's the case. Even though you feel like you're asking for something. Yeah, and even if you're nervous, uh, remember that your game is valuable and uh, remind that to them or or just tell it to yourself until you believe it. So in, in these type of things, you have to be really positive and, and uh, really focus on, on what matters and what's in front of you so you can overcome that obstacle because that's going to be the beginning. Yeah. And like and then like Zach said, all that stuff like improv skills. I don't know how you <laughs> improve those. Maybe mess around with your friends or two, I don't know. Take improv skills. Class. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I mean, they make business people take those classes for that very reason. It's because it's all. It's not about being funny. It's about thinking on your feet and yeah. not being worried. Just talking and not thinking. And that goes to my next thing. One of the <laughs> I figured out after doing these podcasts for years, and I was on my friend's podcast for a couple years before that. I figured out when I used to talk to Zach about this, we talk about just like. Uh, you know, just talking on the show and not, I figured out the secret of a meeting or any of these kind of environments where you're asked like a panel at some kind of conference. You're like, Ryan, tell me about this. And you're like, uh, <laughs> the secret of that is just being able to learn how to think out loud. Right. Go. If like in this show or where somebody asks you a question, like, oh, that's a pretty cool questions. Like, you know, I used to think that blah, blah. And you're kind of have a thought process, but you were, you didn't prepare that statement. You're just trying to relate to somebody and trying to, talk about what's coming in your head and you're not thinking about it too much. The worst part of this is you get that this happens really well with people that come. That's just a natural part of conversation, but that's what it is. It's thinking out loud. When you have people come in for an interview, which they're kind of basically they're pitching themselves, right? That's another form of this is an interview. Yeah. I hate when you ask somebody a question, they're like, um, um, uh, I, okay, no, that's not the case. I was like, stop battling with yourself just yeah. talk to me you know what i mean just say it's like well don't you know yeah don't try to say the right thing right, right. away like you said it's like you you may just kind of like because you can't necessarily do that like i've you know i've interviewed a lot of people over the like the past year or so and it's it's one of these things where you know i'm like i'm on the same page as them like like look Give me an answer. Just go ahead and start giving me an answer. And if you have questions, you want to meet, like, sort of explore it. Great. I'm not looking for one succinct thing. Like, uh, the answer to this one is B. Yes. Okay. Move on. Now this one. Oh yes, that is normalization. Okay. Move on. You know, it's like, it's like, no. Give me your experience. Give me context. Like, tell, give me your point of view. Because I mean, it's a dialogue. You know. So don't don't necessarily think you've got to be right right out of the box. Right. And then also, I didn't have it in my life, but also a real good thing to think about is just listening to people, right? Mm-hmm. The idea that oh, it's like most of it's like actually gauging a room when you're talking to people and you see they're uninterested and what stuff they're interested in and just being personable. Like the first step of this, don't be a douche and don't be political. <laughs> but what I was about to, the, the reason the advice I was about to tell you is like, if somebody has like a cool Star Wars shirt, it's like, oh, cool, man. That, I just, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Like personalize and have a conversation with people. Like talk to people like you would if you just, if you were talking with colleagues at a conference in a formal setting, but you need to be able to just relate to them. The more you relate to people as a person, the more you're going to make a connection. They might not like your game, but you never know. You have a connection in the future. They might like another game you have or something. No, that, that's that's absolutely true. You'll stick out in their mind too. So, right. Also, um, try like reading their facial expression or body 
uh, movement helps a lot. So you know, they're if they're bored or if they're interested in in what you're saying. Oh, you're right, like right. a con man. You're you're, <laughs> but not yeah. necessarily. I I actually so recently I spoke on a on a panel and. I, I ran into a situation where I'll I put didn't... the uh, show notes. I'll put the link in the show notes for that. Oh, talk. that would be great. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but there there came times where I didn't know what I was going to say on the spot, so I started talking about a topic uh, broadly, and I was watching the the audience's uh, reaction to what I was saying, and I could see people having quizzical looks when I said a certain thing. So then I went into more detail on that piece. So. You kind of have to like know where to go with the flow and then where to be more general. Zach's growing up. He's learning how to bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> but you really, but Zach, it is true that I'm not going to say, I don't say we bullshit at work or bullshit, but have, doing meetings with clients that does help, doesn't it? Yeah. Like you just learn how to just start talking. Absolutely. And, then, and it, I, I always think, because you'll still get nervous. Like we do these podcasts and if it's a show that I'm not doing the outline for, somebody else is, you kind of, oh, Bino's going to ask me a question. If you're not in that mode, I'm like, oh, what are we talking about? And you get, there's a little bit of butterflies for a second. It's like, I don't know what my answer is. And then you just start talking. Don't worry about it. Cause it, it, there really is a magical thing. That's what improv's about. There's a magical thing that happens when you start talking is that you get more ideas, you know, and you start like, Oh no, no, you know what else I was thinking about? Blah, 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 you know, and if somebody says something or they ask you a question that could bring up another idea in your head. And you know, you, or like you said, you see they're interested in something and you're like, Oh, well you like that? Well, you're going to love this. And you take out, you know, whatever. Um, well, besides, you get you get a lot better with practice, and you you have a lot of practice with the podcast. Like, so you know that a conversation has a structure. So in the podcast here, we usually when we talk about a topic, uh, is we go and talk about it generally, and then we go in depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you apply the same thing, even though you don't have any idea, you start like thinking yourself until you find out something specific to um to say to the audience that's also a good point too and you prepare while you're practicing your pitch is maybe uh record it because with this podcast we've had the luxury of of doing it and talking and then you listen to it you're like oh i sound like an idiot there why am i saying that you know what i mean and, and most people don't normally do that record themselves doing something and listen and evaluate then change it and try to get better but with this, like, or start a podcast, for sake. do something that gets you at talking to people and other, you know, about the stuff you're passionate about, because then you listen to it, you'll find stuff you don't like, and then you'll improve it and you'll adjust and keep moving. Um, oh, real quick, before we get off of delivering the picture with the one, there's general ideas about try to do a face-to-face pitch and whenever possible and not over the phone or Skype or something. And then also, you know, bring all your stuff. If they don't, don't rely on their AV system to work because conference room AV systems oh, God, never work. No. <laughs> they yeah. never work. Uh, technology companies, they don't work. Um, uh, perfect example of that is I, I worked on a project that required, uh, I think it was 10 iPads to be hooked up to to one another. And the particular location in which we had to run the application, uh, we weren't actually allowed to use their Wi-Fi. So we actually had to bring our own router. Right. So you really have to plan. Contingencies, plan on, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, another really great from that Rami talk, he, he had a great tip here. He said, start the, if it's a pitch or just an impromptu pitch, you know, at a conference, start it with exchanging business cards. Cause he said, he was like, this is a pretty like Jedi mind trick. He said, what happens is usually people cut off a pitch or exit with the business card trick. I mean, this might be a weird thing. You're trying to like get somebody who doesn't want to listen, but <laughs> he said, cause you know, usually like, yeah, do you have a business card? I'll just look at it and talk to you later. You know what I mean? If they don't really have time or they're not really listening to you, but there's some, there, 
there's something to be said. As much as it is about make sure you know who you're pitching to, there might be people that are busy or don't really have time to hear you, but you catch them with something. You know what I mean? I, I totally did that to a, a Lyft driver who was trying to sell me his music. Uh, he, he kept trying to trying to tell me, he's like, oh, well, you know, I could record music for your games and stuff. I was like, yeah, yeah, you got your business card? Yeah. Cool. I'll check you out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so people do, and do that. Now it, and now it is keeping a table level at a restaurant somewhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so then after the pitch is the last stage of this. And it, and the big stuff is about is like um, leave behinds, like we said, if there's like a press lead sheet or your business card or maybe the demo or video of the game, if that's appropriate, you know. Um, and then also maybe establish a timeline to follow up. Just go – it's not you're not pushing, but you just go, you know, if you just leave and like, all right, well, whenever. It's like sometimes like, oh, we can expect to hear back from you. You can do that in a professional and appropriate way, I think, of when you can expect, you know, an answer or something, you know. Um, and also just in general is be professional because you don't know what's going to happen. They may like don't take it personally because they may they may make fun of you. Or I don't know what it's not. They may just reject you and say, oh, this is, doesn't make sense for us right now. But don't get all – don't burn any bridges, basically, because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't – like I said, that those guys might be pe- your future business partner. You just don't know it yet. You might – I mean, uh-huh. you, you have a long career. you got 40, 50 years maybe of doing this kind of thing, you know, if you want to. You will to. see people again, trust me. <laughs> right. And maybe you don't want to know, work with them in the future, but they might influence other people you want to work with, right? And so just just in general, be nice to people. It's like, well, you, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't work for you. That's fine. I'll move on. It's not a big deal, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there. A lot of people are making games. A lot of people will hear it, you know. Um, and that's it. I think that those are the three sections of the pitch. I think I think in general, the best thing, even Dorado, you said this at the beginning, the biggest, after all these kind of uh, formal structural things and things to think about, the biggest thing I feel, the biggest problem, I think even all of us have, right? And this, everybody has a problem. It's just to which degree is the confidence thing and being com- comfortable with yourself. And what? Do I have a confidence problem? Well, we okay. know. Well, well, no. If you <laughs> have too much, it becomes <laughs> egotistical. <laughs> yeah. Well, that can be a Dial problem too back, if you go man. the other way. Yeah. It can be a very big problem to go the other way. Like you always need to be empathetic to people and know whether you know. So yeah, that and that's always the kind of struggle because. It's like I need to I need to be aware that the guy is really not interested in this and but I also need to keep going and not feel bad about that myself. You know, you need to be like, okay, well, hopefully I'll talk to you soon, you know, whatever. But I, I, I totally agree with you. At, at that point before the the pitch, it's just a constant battle between uh yourself with between you and yourself in your head saying like negative things and you're like no i'm going to do this and you're like no but what happens if 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 he doesn't like you and then you start like imagining a bunch of shit that you don't need to be thinking about just stay in in stay focused and you know you're gonna do well so he's just a mindset well said well said eduardo All right. Well, that's it for pitching. If you have any questions or more, like, you know, I guess we never do this in episodes, but we should say if you have, like, further questions or actually advice, you know, let's hear it and we can put it in the debug lounge and stuff and people can talk about it. That could be a good discussion. Like, because like we said, we have our experience and I did a lot of research, but there might be people that have a lot of different, <laughs> some horror stories might be fun or, and some success stories. I think would be both be equally entertaining in their own way. Um, right now we're going to take a break and we will be back with Game of the Week. 
All right, we're back, and now it's time for... All right, today's game, this week's game of the week is Wildlands, Ghost Recon, Tom Clance. It's, it's a lot of, <laughs> you know, a lot of subtitles in there. Wildlands is the name of the game. Um, you guys, Zach and Ryan, have been playing it recently. It's like a four, it's always a four player thing, and it's either AI and you or. Not necessarily. So if you're playing with one of your friends, it could be, it could be just two players. Okay, so, so but it's like, yeah. but it's a third person shooter set in Bolivia and it's cartels and much like of Bolivia's uh, chagrin. They they put out yeah. statements saying Bolivia isn't full of cartels and, <laughs> and all these things. So anyway, it's set in that. And it's kind of an action adventure. I mean, in the vein of I yeah. guess the Vision Each, right? But you guys talk about it. Well, yeah. So okay, like basically, it's it's an Ubisoft o- open world game. So like how I like to describe it is think of like if you played any of like. Far Cry three or four, and you know, so you'll know if you've played those games, you'll know about like the um, the little bases and outposts and things as side missions you've got to take over uh, within the Far Cry universe there, and that helps you get like stuff to bump stats, to maybe get new resources, to get new guns, that type of thing. They've basically taken that and put it on steroids and made it the main focus of this game. So that is pretty much its bread and butter. As you go, like like uh, Andrew said, traipsing around Bolivia as this sort of covert, uh, you know, spec ops team where your character is called Ghost. And, it, um, you know, you're just basically trying to root out this drug cartel from Bolivia. And that's a big reason that Bolivia does not like this because it's basically they've modeled every square inch of their country and said it is full of narcos, um, which is probably not the case, I'm guessing. Um but anyway, and helicopters like Zach says. Yeah, helicopter, yeah. <laughs> and helicopters. I, I am pretty sure if this game is accurate, the number one export from Bolivia would be helicopters. Yeah, because there's like yeah, they don't get around on bikes or, or cars. It's like helicopters. <laughs> helicopters are parked everywhere. <laughs> like in the middle of a coke field. Okay, helicopter. Got you gotta it. have a spare. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Oh. Wh- what is that o- over the uh, you know the the general store? Okay, well let's hop in the helicopter and get out of here. But um, but no, it's. <laughs> It's an interesting game because um, I always have to, when people ask me about it and how it is, I always have to pitch it with the caveat of yeah. play with friends. Because, you know, like Zach and I have been playing it for a couple weeks now, and we have a lot of fun getting in there together, you know, coordinating, taking out these bases, flying around on helicopters, finding new weapons, running missions. It's a blast. It's like a big sandbox, and, um, you know, where, where we just get to kind of configure our characters and have fun. But I must say, you rip away the co-op aspect of it it becomes super bland because like then you're just left with these like bots who feel like these dumb drones that are just sort of following you around like belting out one-liners and it it just it really really takes a dive yeah so it's like okay i took over this base okay move down the road take over the next base okay move down the road well that's just how the division was but because i played that you guys played it went way ahead of me and i tried to play by myself i was like but i stopped after like five hours that's the good thing about this is it's not it's not like uh like uh, level based like uh, the division is so you can come in as a level 1 and if you have the same the same gun as me you're going to do the same amount of damage that's cool uh, yeah, so I mean, that's kind of, except for maybe on vehicles or or something like that but those are all like add on stats so you your weapon is going to be able to do about the same amount of damage as my weapon right like like so basically yeah like Zach's saying it's like the weapons are pretty 
pretty universal. Like it, again, it's not like you guys mentioned the division. Um, you know, you, you get, grab a weapon, and then it's only your. There's a skill tree in the game for your character, which then can like augment that. You know, so you maybe have steadier aim with a sniper rifle or something like that once you invest skill points in it. But all in all, like you know, if you get say a shotgun, it's like my shotgun as level one versus Zach's shotgun at level ten is pretty much going to be dealing out the same amount of damage. Um, so you know, it's 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 more arcadey than like a Tom Clancy game yeah. or even like a division type of thing um you know where you're not necessarily worried about stats as much because honestly i don't know about you zach but i found that like a lot of those stats we kind of bump them and play with them and i'm like i don't even know if this is doing yeah i don't be, the yeah. only difference in, in in numbers is i think the the survivability stats so there's one that that basically right. says you can you you can take more damage and it's it's not a uh, a huge amount of damage that you can take once you level that up, but it is a little bit noticeable. Um, right. One of the other things is like I said before that it gets repetitive, but it, it's repetitive in objectives objectives, but it does scale in difficulty. So, like level one or the the first area you fight in, you're only fighting you know enemies who are lightly armored, and then it goes heavily armored, and then they have uh, you know. Um, missiles that shoot down your helicopters, and then they have jammers, so you can you can no longer use your drone to identify enemies. And then, and, and I think the the most difficult area, it it didn't even let you use your uh, your binoculars to identify enemies. So you're basically having to use your your rifle scope to find them. So yeah, it, it definitely definitely has that scale scalable difficulty there. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah, and you touched on something, Zach, there that uh, is kind of a neat part about the game. Um, you know, when they're not jamming it, is the drone. Um, yeah. Every player comes like has a drone that they can essentially launch and you know an upgrade. But it, you know, you launch this drone and it can basically fly through enemy camps and do things such as like you know mark targets, find them. It's sort of like what you did in Far Cry with a scope. But then you can upgrade it to increase its like distance and length of time it can stay in the air, as well as stuff like uh. You know, thermal vision, things of that nature, uh, decoy lures. I mean, there's just a, it's it's a fairly versatile piece of equipment. But um, yeah, I guess you know, just to sort of wrap it up, it's if you've got some friends, uh, grab this game because it's a lot of fun to just kind of goof around with. If they if they're gonna get in there on a regular basis and just kind of run through it, uh, I think you'll have a lot of fun. And it's it's huge. It's I think literally all of Bolivia and. You know, if we end up beating every mission in that game, it's probably going to take us 60-plus hours, I'm guessing. I have no idea, but it just seems like it's going to take a long stinking time. So Yeah, it's like like 30 or 40 square kilometers. It's huge. So Yeah, it's it's not a it's not a small place, Bolivia. <laughs> uh, of continuous landscapes, so you're not, like, loading in between. It's, it's, it's all open world, so... Yeah. Well, there you go. That was a good game pitch for uh-huh. <laughs> Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands. <laughs> Get it at your local retailers. There you go. Anytime soon. Uh, before we get out of here, you want to talk about Patreon, Eduardo? Yeah, sure. Um, I just wanted to say uh, thank you to our Patreon supporters. And uh, if if you really like the podcast and uh, you want to help us out, uh, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/TheDebugLog and make a pledge. It would mean a lot to us. Uh, we will really appreciate it. So, thank you. Cool. All right. Well, until next time, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Andrew underscore Curry. That's C-U-R-R-I-E. I am at WookieJumper42. I am at R-E Kilgore, K-I-L-L-G-O-R-E. And I'm at EduardoCF1989. 
and we will oh. see you in the future. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>